Welcome to 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo, where I help passionate entrepreneurs condense an hour of business research into 22 minutes of powerful conversations filled with knowledge, stories, and advice to help you achieve your one-year goal in 90 days. From national stages to your earbuds, I'm here to tell you that it's possible to have a profitable and sustainable business without the fear of overwhelm and uncertainty that comes with being an entrepreneur. It's all mojo and none of the fluff. It's time to get motivated in 22 minutes. Welcome back to this week's episode of 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. And this is our brand performance podcast. Today, our performance conversation is with our special guest, Stephen Summers. Now, Stephen is all about growing businesses and building relationships. He's the co-founder and the CEO of Marketplace Superheroes. Marketplace Superheroes is an eight-figure education and service platform that teaches members how to create five to seven-figure income streams selling physical products on Amazon. So now they teach another number of cool side hustles and they have their own software and freight companies. And so, Stephen, welcome to today's episode. All right, Milo, thank you so much for having me. And I have to say, you are such a professional host. I am learning a ton from you today, so I can't wait to talk. Oh, my gosh. So, Stephen, you know, you've got this unique philosophy. It has helped firms with your business go from zero to eight figures in less than five years. I mean, we want to definitely tap into that. But before we get started in that space, can you give us just a moment telling us about your backstory and how you've gotten to where you are today? Yeah, well, I'm going to try and keep this as short as possible because there's, there's a lot has happened. So for really quick context, I'm 34 years old now, and I've been doing this for 11 years. And I started in this whole online business game. I was what I would call the Homer Simpson of business. I, I had no experience in business. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was working as a data processor in a government department. And I was like, I have to get out of here and do my own thing. It's, I'm not going to want to do this forever. So like a lot of people, I started buying lots of courses online and did precisely zero with them all. I let them sit on my digital shelf for a long time. And what happened was after trying lots of these different ideas out, I settled on selling physical items online because I felt like it was a real business selling to real people. I could feel good about it. And so I began the search of trying to find somebody who's already doing this because buying courses and doing nothing with it was not working for me. So luckily for me, my aunt in Northern Ireland heard that I was looking to do this and she introduced me to Robert, my business partner, right? Still to this day, he was selling on Amazon and eBay at the time. And I went to visit Robert and saw he had a warehouse, he had staff, he was doing it. It was a freezing cold warehouse. It was pretty dusty and horrible, but I really loved it. And I got into that business and I just started learning from Robert. I spent about nine months working with him, learning on the side, selling stuff while working with him in that warehouse. And basically, long story short, we decided to completely re-engineer the company. We decided to only sell on Amazon and sell in multiple countries. We got rid of the warehouses, we got rid of the staff, and we started a new business together selling all kinds of different products. And we did that for a number of years. We were selling 1.6 million a year in revenue, about a 30% net profit per year for a couple of years. And then we started sharing what we were doing with friends and stuff like that. And now I suppose eight years later, a total of 11 years, and uh, we've 8,000 students. We have a freight company where we ship stuff from China to our warehouses all over the world that then go into Amazon. We do software, we do services, we've got it all going on. And yeah, it's just been a crazy ride and I'm happy to be here. 
Stephen, I mean, what a great story. What a great ride. Now, here's the question that I'm hearing right there is, how are you doing all of that? You know, because we always want to drill down and have some clarity. And yet you're operating, you have a lot of plates spinning at one time. What is your tip or your trick as we're hearing you? Where are you putting your focus? And then what has the greatest impact for you in that focus? You have to buy time as much as you possibly can. And that is in the shape of people. And you've got to train people to do very specific roles and you got to train them well. So when you have lots of people and then we've brought in more partners over the years, not just team members, the partners have helped us to build like the freight company because they, they started the warehouses and stuff like that. And they keep that running. So great people is, is the answer, number one. I'd say number two, you got to have a project that's like your big domino project. So Marketplace Superheroes was that for us. That was our education platform, teaching people how to sell on Amazon, obviously while still doing it and having partners and all that jazz. But that was our initial thing. Did that for a number of years. And then we started to realize all these other strategies we could bring in. Like, for example, we could start selling coaching programs, consulting programs. We could start doing services like our freight service. So we started bolting on all these different services and offerings to the same customers, same clients. And we started to dramatically extend the lifetime value of everybody that was working with us. And we followed the three ways to grow a business by Jay Abraham. Way number one, get more clients, more subscribers. The second way to grow a company, increase your average transaction value, which we were doing by adding on different services and higher price services, et cetera. And the third way to grow a business is to sell more frequently, which again, we do. We sell lots of different things to our clients. And then we've added in a new thing that we discovered over the last few years, which is for your non-buyers, people who haven't purchased from you, but who are prospects, name of the game there is to turn them into uh, buyers of something that's low cost, that's low friction. And then you start bringing those people back through the other products and services that your other buyers have already bought. So when you all add all that together, extending the lifetime value, et cetera, you start to realize your business is actually pretty unlimited. When you start looking at it in that way, you can start to sell things that you never thought you would sell. So like, for example, we do sell merchandise, which, you know, that was never the plan. But now all of a sudden we have an apparel business that kind of came out of nowhere as we've grown our tribe. So I suppose the thing to understand is that if you really look at a business and drill down into it and examine it more closely, you actually will find tons of revenue streams that are there in front of you right now that you're just not actually realizing simply because you're not looking for them. Mm, Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The thing that I'm hearing from you though, Stephen, is you just have this innate ability to really have an awareness of like what you should do next or how you can tap into somebody and take it to the next level. Can you give us a better understanding of what I'm describing right there for you personally? Well, Pretty, inc- pretty crazy that you've said that. So that just shows you how good you are at this. So yeah, I would agree. But I would say that comes from two things. Number one, Robert's a great other person. We talk every single day. We bounce ideas off each other. We come up with new distinctions. We come up with new ideas. So that's one thing. But the second thing for me is I found different bodies of work. And I basically pulled the work of a lot of great business thinkers and marketers like Jay Abraham, Dan Kennedy, and all these different people. I pulled them all together into one place and I formed my own philosophy on running a business, which we call perpetual launching, 
which means you're always launching with something, but you've got a mixture of content and connection. So you're not always selling something. So you have content, connection, and monetization. So we create content to create value for our buyers and our non-buyers. We create connection in the form of live streams, live shows for our audience to get to know us better. And then finally, we monetize that with different products, services, uh, so many different things I could I could talk about there uh, to do that, which people could do immediately and make more money immediately in their business. So what underpins all that is education and continually educating myself and actually rereading the best stuff. I think that's a big mistake a lot of entrepreneurs make. They're constantly looking for something new rather than mastering the fundamentals. And as Jim Rohn says, if anybody comes to you with new fundamentals, you should treat that with a lot of caution because... They're called the fundamentals for a reason, right? <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Okay, so what's a number one recommended read, Stephen, that has really had an impact for you personally? Well. Is there one? <laughs> I, that's a really difficult, I mean, that's tricky. But I suppose if you're looking for business philosophy that I would say pulls a lot of ideas together, I would have to point to Ready, Fire, Aim by Michael Masterson, aka Mark Ford. It's a great book where you'll learn the four stages of the company growth. I would also say another great book that you could add to your library would be How to Get Everything You Can from All That You've Got by Jay Abraham. That's a really good book as well from a fundamental standpoint. And if I was to pick a third one, I'd put in Millionaire Fast Lane by MJ DeMarco. It's another good philosophy book to understand front-loading a business, to understand uh, creating a fast lane business. So a fast lane business is like defined as one where you have a lot of scale, lots of people, you have a lot of magnitude, higher prices, and higher net profits. And so when you put together a lot of people with a high net profit offer, that's a higher price. Obviously, you grow a bigger business. That's overly simplified, but that's essentially what we're talking about. No, and you're right. We always use the mantra that leaders are readers, you know, and if you want to lead yourself and lead others, get yourself educated in that space. And like you said, I mean, spend time to research and study and, and look at some of the greats because there's a reason that they're great, right? We just have to study them and then start to execute and implement. So fantastic. Okay. So Stephen, we've talked a lot about success, right? But is there ever failure that comes into the picture for you? I mean, have you ever experienced any kind of failure? Yeah, I mean, I was fortunate in many ways because when I first met Robert many, many years ago, when we were making that transition initially from his old company to the new company we started, he was at a big failure point in his life, actually, simply because he had a business partner who was very difficult to work with, actually had a brain injury, to be fair to the guy, so was up and down with his mood and stuff like that, which was tough. But really, the bigger thing was at the time, a lot of the old products that Robert had sold were kind of too competitive at that point and he hadn't made the switch early enough. Also, it, the company wasn't really structured. It wasn't using processes or anything like that. It was kind of flying by the seat of its pants all the time. And so Robert got into debt, you know, and the company got into debt as a result. So when we took it all over, we had to pay back all of that debt. And I remember Robert getting letters from our version of the IRS 
in the UK would be the HMRC. And they were just like telling them, hey, if you don't pay this, this debt back, then we're going to come take your stuff. And that was pretty scary at the time. But we traded our way out of those issues. And, you know, it really taught me a lot about Robert as well, because like he could have just let that company fail and move on. But he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to let other people down. And he said to me, look, if we're going to be partners, I got to sort this out. This is something I've got to do. And that definitely slowed down our growth at the start. But, you know, it was the right thing to do. And it was a great experience for me because I kind of experienced by proxy failure. But we've had lots of other ones. People always laugh at a story. Whenever it was just the two of us in the business, we actually flew to Miami because our first container of products was arriving into the US from the Far East, from, well, from China. You guys wouldn't call it the Far East, but we would over here. And we, we get to Miami anyway. And the guy's like, yeah, this is going to be landing any day now. So we're just kind of driving around, waiting for a container. Yeah, it's going to be tomorrow. It's going to be tomorrow. Long story short, we were in Miami for a week and it never arrived. So wow. we flew back to Ireland <laughs> containerless, waiting for this, spending thousands that we didn't have to do this. Yeah, so we've had lots of little micro failures like that. But I've been quite fortunate in that by reading the ideas from the greats, by standing on the shoulders of giants, I've actually got to avoid a lot of failure. And also, Robert's a very experienced business person, which has definitely helped as well. So I've never had massive crushing, I have to throw it all away failure. But I've definitely, there's been times in my career where in the early days, things got tough from, you know, paying back stuff like that, like I mentioned. And I definitely had a couple of nights where I was rolling around in the bed, very unsure as to what was going to happen. But like everything, you have faith, you get through it. And I suppose nowadays, it's a lot different and a lot better. You know, we don't have these cash flow issues anymore. Uh, we're very successful companies with lots of money in there, which is excellent. But took time to build that. Mm, fantastic. Failure obviously has been your greatest teacher and it's helped you harness and create this outrageous result in your life and in your business. And I appreciate you sharing that because it can't always be a successful stretch, right? There's always going to be these pings and dings along the way that can set us into it. Okay. So then we've talked about success. We've talked about failure. Do you have a mindset that's required to go from an employee to a business owner? Take us into that space. Well, first of all, I heard this a while back and I thought it was really helpful. I don't actually use the word mindset anymore. I used to use it all the time. And a lot of people use it to describe how we think about stuff. But actually, when you think about it, the word mindset doesn't make any sense, right? Because like, why would we want our mind to be set? And I heard someone say that and it really changed my thinking. So I actually like the word mind flow now or mentality, where it feels like something that we have the opportunity to change and to grow from. And I would say going from zero to a successful business owner, from successful to more successful business owner, I mean, it comes down to a few key mentalities. And for me, one of them is long-term thinking. When you have long-term thinking, when you're looking at a project, it's going to be successful. You know, it doesn't have to be successful in the next 30 days, 90 days. It can take a little bit longer. Number one, you give yourself more time to succeed. You do the right things early on. You create the right foundation for success. So I think that's really important. And understanding as well that 
there's a compound effect in business. The activities and things you do today are going to grow and compound with time. So three years down the line, five years down the line, all the different investments you've made, all the different activities you've made, all the different clients you've acquired over that time will all compound. And we've seen that in our own companies over the last couple of years. Like from last year, 2020 to this year, we saw a marked jump in our business. Like our business literally jumped about 400 grand. It grew by about 400 grand every single month, which is a huge jump for us. And it literally happened within a year, simply because all of the years of effort and time we put in all came together and started to compound very quickly. So there's that. I'd also say you've got to produce infinitely more than you consume. And that's something that a lot of people, even existing entrepreneurs, struggle with. You know, if they look at their days, I spoke to a guy just yesterday and it was just incredible, this this guy. He had wasted so many months thinking about what he was going to do, trying to figure out how he could shortcut the process. He never actually did anything. So he was no better off. So some people, they confuse activity with overachievement. And that's a real problem. So you've got to really look at your time and ask yourself, am I producing 80% of the time and consuming 20% of the time? Or is it the inverse? Am I only producing 20% and am I consuming 80%? And certainly there's a you know time to sharpen the ax. I mean, education is vital, as I've said, but I still am looking at my day and, and thinking to myself, you know, did I produce more today? And I always try to keep that ratio higher. I would say also on from that, you've got to invest, you know? I mean, a lot of people go in to start an Amazon business, for example, and they're trying to figure out what's the least amount of money I can start with. And I always say to people, you know, do you want to make the least amount or do you want to make the most amount possible? And everybody obviously says, I want to make the most. So I always say to those people, look, when you have the long-term thinking in place, when you're producing more than you're consuming, now when you add to that, that you're going to invest in your business on a continual basis and you're going to build up your capital fund on a continual basis, I would say they're the three, it's like a triad for real success. And there's obviously more than that, but I think if you got those down, you would succeed wildly uh, ahead of most people. Mm. I absolutely love it. But you know, the thing to listening to Stephen, you're very, not only fluid and you flow with it, but you're very simplified, right? You've kind of taken the complex and you've simplified it. So an area too, that I want to question, there's two things. Number one, what was the thing that you started to sell on Amazon that got you started for you and Robert Ricky, your business partner? What was it specifically in Amazon that you guys were selling? Yeah. So when I started out, I made a mistake. My first ever product that was my own was a cream canvas wardrobe, right? So a little pop-up wardrobe you could put into your bedroom or whatever. And the reason that was a mistake was because everybody was selling cream canvas wardrobes, it would seem. And I basically copied what everybody else was doing. And I jumped in. I got to know Robert then. And he started to talk to me about, look, you've got to go on these long tail type products. So we we would have we've sold so many stuff and our members too, you know things like vacuum storage bags, things like clothes covers, uh, store uh, cardboard storage boxes for clothes, cedar hangers for your wardrobe to keep your clothes fresh, seed boxes to store seeds in. So it's all these you know, may seem very random, but what we're really doing is we're looking at the Amazon platform and we are assessing where is their existing demand right now for specific products and those items, what does the competition look like? Is there is there a lot of competition? Is there not very much? And if we're looking at a market where 
there's not that much competition. The product is very clear what we need to sell. You know, it needs to be a wooden drawing mannequin, which is a little figure that you can then put into different poses and you can draw it in different poses. That's really clear. Whereas bento boxes, there's so many different bento boxes. It's almost impossible to know which bento box to sell. So when we have a clear item like that, we look at the competition and we say, well, how many people are in there selling this? Where are they? And how many are they selling? Like we look at the best seller ranks of those items. And we have a bit of a formula that we utilize to validate markets ahead of time. So when you're validating with a pretty much a scientific process on Amazon, you're really able to find lower competition products where there's demand in multiple countries, not just Amazon.com. And you really only need to make a small number of sales per day. And we actually base this whole framework on something we call the rule of five, which really means you've got five products. Now, I'm not saying only sell five, but this is just to give you an example so you get a feel for it. You're selling five products. You're, you're selling them in five different Amazon markets at the same time. You're selling five units per product per day, per country, and you're making an average $5 net profit every single day. You have an equation, which is five by five by five by five. And then you multiply that by 30, 30 days in an average month, and you get to $18,750 net profit before tax with five items. And the reason that it grew like that was because you have market multiplication. What most people are teaching on Amazon, which in my opinion is a very difficult way to succeed for most people, it's like get into the most competitive niches where there is like earring backers and there are thousands of different earring backer listings on Amazon, so many different types, different colors, hypoallergenic, you name it, it's all there. And you're really banking on the fact that people are searching a really niche keyword like black hypoallergenic earring backer. You know, your, your odds of success are, are very difficult. Whereas with us, it's like a wooden drawing mannequin. People are searching that on Amazon right now and there's not many out there, but there's proven demand. And that's really what we're looking to do. And as I say, every single day now we're getting success stories. We're putting case studies up on our YouTube channel a lot of weeks. And again, just to say at our freight company, we predict we'll ship 6 million items this year from China to different warehouses. So, you know, we're really getting to see the fruits of our members' success and our own success by actually being stuck for warehouse space continually because they keep filling our warehouses all the time. It's kind of crazy, but it's, but it's really cool. And you've taught over 7,000 people how to build a global Amazon business. So, I mean, just that in itself. So we are coming to the close of the episode, Stephen. Obviously, I could talk to you forever because I love successful people and big picture thinkers like yourself. But what is the best way as we wrap this up for people to connect with you online and learn more about what you're doing? Yeah, I'll give three quick ways. The first way is to go to YouTube and search Marketplace Superheroes. We have a great channel there. Subscribe, check it out, watch the videos. The second thing, you can go to MarketplaceSuperheroes.com. We've got lots of free training there for you. And the third thing, you can go to Instagram, Stephen J. Summers. That's Stephen with a P-H and J and an S-O-M-E-R-S. And send me a message. I always like to connect with people. I think it's great that we have these tools nowadays. I always say Instagram is the best place to connect. I check that just for DMs. So there's three ways and they're all equally great, I think. Friend, this is phenomenal. 
Stephen, thank you so much for joining us today from Ireland. And just your insight and your knowledge is just top notch. And like I said, we'll, we'll have to have you on for another episode because there's just so much that you can share and teach people. So thank you for your time today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. So to learn more about Stephen Summers, you can also visit our website at marlohiggins.com where you can add Stephen to your circle of influence, connect to his resources and learn more. So thank you for joining us today. We invite you to share this podcast with others and thank you in advance for your partnership. Now, if you enjoyed the episode and it left you feeling inspired, share your biggest takeaway in our Perform and Get Paid community Facebook page because that's where we're going to engage and respond to your questions. This is Marlo Higgins, your host and Chief Inspirational Officer. Have an awesome rest of your day. Did you enjoy this podcast? If so, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. As your Chief Inspirational Officer, I coach passionate entrepreneurs like you to achieve complete confidence and clarity to reach your one-year goal in 90 days. Learn how you can get more done in less time with my number one proven formula for consistency and clarity. Simply go to go.marlohiggins.com to download. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll catch you next week on 22 Motivational Minutes with Marlo. Marlo.